the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I want to welcome you to our Monday edition of Lifeline. A very glorious day, if I might say so myself, here on February 23rd, 2021. We are well into the new year, and those of us who live in California, we are blessed with uh, with just some beautiful weather on this uh, Monday edition. A lot of vitamin D, by the way, vitamin D is a major, major, not only a nutrient, vitamin, if you will, but a hormone for your body. It not only helps your body in terms of your skin, but it is a big, big, big opponent to the SARS-2 virus, if you don't already know. And you may very well be vitamin D deficient, and you want to make sure that you are well, well, well uh, covered there. Uh, a couple, two or three thousand, if not four to five thousand uh, milligrams of vitamin D every day will do you uh, well in terms of building your immune defense against uh, colds, viruses, flus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, make sure you do that and get out and walk, too. Don't be locked up all day long in the house or at the job or in your office booth. Get out and get some sunshine. Again, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan. Glad to be with you. The number to reach me uh, as we uh, begin to uh, formulate calls and talk about our topics today is one 367 This is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it because of what Christ has won for us at the cross, and that is freedom. Freedom, your Bible tells you in John chapter 8, verse 31, if you are my disciples, then you will know the truth. And if you continue in my words, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. One of the things that the people of God really enjoy, really benefit from, and really thrive in when they are able to embrace the promises of God, which are in Christ, is freedom, freedom, freedom. And one of the things the enemy wants to take away from you and me is our freedom. And uh, I don't think I have to argue with you about that. I think that the vast majority of you who listen in with bated breath or just joyfully uh, thankful to be able to have a conversation with men and women uh, across of this uh, state and beyond without being canceled is the fact that we have freedom to talk about our issues, freedom to engage in topics and in dialogues uh, and conversations about relevant subject matter. And, you know, I- I'll tell you, uh, every day I think through what 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 is really important for the people of God. What is important for humanity today? What what do we really need to start thinking through about what should be preserved and protected and uh and and valued and uh and engaged in 
to allow us as human beings to operate out of the highest level of the Imago day that God has created us in. You remember what he said in Genesis 1:26, let us make men in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over all the earth. Let them subdue it. Let them uh, replenish it. Let them multiply and replenish the earth. And that is the mandate for us to actually traverse this globe that God had made with the purpose of establishing the flag of God's honor and glory as its creator uh, juxtaposed up against human beings who are operating and functioning out of their calling and out of their gifts and out of their talents in multiple areas uh, at the primary level, family. Well, no, let me start with relationships since I'm doing an opening monologue. On the relationship level, what you and I have been created for is a relationship, first and foremost, vertically with the triune God, honoring God our Father through his son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, and doing that by the power of the third person, the Holy Spirit, who is our paraclete, who is our uh he is our helper. He is the one that grants us the ability to draw near to God, learn of God, and therefore be conformed to the image of Christ. This is the way that you and I are going to be fruitful and productive in our world on a relationship level. That's at the priority of this thing that I want to be talking about a bit today called freedom. Secondly, uh, God created us for relationship, and that means whether it's a uh, 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 the highest form of relationship on this earth, and that is the covenant of marriage. He created us, male and female, in the image of God, created he them, and he created us for relationship, to interact, to dialogue, to collaborate, to reciprocate, and then to work together hand in hand in order to actually achieve the goal of conquering this world for God's glory. Then he made us for family because he wants us to proliferate and the proliferation of human beings cannot occur without the man and without the woman because of the uh, mechanisms that God instituted in our biological makeup, male and female, in order to procreate. And that's best done in a covenant framework of marriage by which we are operating on the same page in terms of who God is and who we are in God and then his mission for our lives. That particular model, ladies and gentlemen, actually facilitates what I want to discuss just a bit today, and that is freedom. Freedom. When you and I walk in the will of God, if we are operating according to our identity in God, then we're going to know freedom as it's found in Christ. And we're going to be able to walk in that freedom. And freedom becomes the foundation and the context by which you and I can express ourselves according to our gifts and according to our callings in order that God might be maximally glorified in our lives. And so I do want you to think that through. Beyond the family, then, uh, you know, a, a local uh, families, small tribal families, and then, uh, you know, cities and then states and then ultimately government. Government being the last, if you will, because government is, as men have said, a necessary evil in our world. And unfortunately, as the founding fathers have so clearly and presciently uh, expressed, if government has its way, it will take away your freedoms. It will take away your rights. This is what makes our uh, country so unique and so extremely important relative to the experiment of freedom, constitutional freedom, uh, the Bill of Rights, 
and 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 all of the amendments given to us by which we could maximally engage in the tension of being free people under a representative republic by which our government operating out of the three branches of government functions in a way that allows human beings that are part of the American experiment to thrive and to prosper and to bless the one true and living God who gave us all these things in all of the different areas in which we have heretofore manifested ourselves. They're all, listen, in other words, the best way to be anything and do anything is to have freedom to do it. The best way to be the best man you can possibly be the most uh, exemplar man that you could possibly be is for you to be free to be it, not cudgeled, not uh, compelled, not threatened, not forced into a paradigm uh, uh, that does not constitute reality, nor does it constitute the will of God. But being free as human beings to operate according to God's design, that is really, truly freedom. And having said all that, what I am stating about this precious thing called freedom. And you've heard me use the axiom before. Freedom without virtue is a curse. Freedom without the character to be able to operate within the framework of freedom responsibly honoring God and honoring our neighbor is a curse. And what God tells us is if he gives us freedom and we don't do the right thing with freedom, guess what he's going to do? Take it away. Freedom, freedom, Freedom and always freedom is to be engaged in, my dear friends, over fear and over force. And especially freedom is to be engaged in over fear and force of bad logic. The reason you can almost never get everyone to buy into any kind of argument is because they don't always believe what you say. They don't always believe your argument. Uh, argument and, uh, and, and, and if one hasn't brought sufficient evidence... Uh, in their claims to overcome an individual's suspicious, uh, suspicions against them, the government or otherwise, especially given the many historical facts of, uh, of how um, someone has told us something, whether it's the government or individuals, and we have purported to believe that it was true. And over time, what did we discover? discover? It was not true at all. It was actually a cover-up, a lie, and often in the context of experiments which have cost so many people in America their health and their lives. I remember talking about this with my friend Brandon, who, I'm, who I have not heard from in many years now, at least a couple of years, about how our government has clearly and explicitly engaged in experiments with the American people to our harm and hurt uh, uh, not the least of which is around medical issues like vaccines and, and diseases, et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the record of our government lying to us on these matters is incontrovertible. And as a consequence, guess what? One third of the military, our beloved military, is rejecting actually taking the vaccine. And do you know why? They're, one third of them are just opting out of taking it. And it's because they know how to think. They know how to think. They know how to think for themselves. They, they do not stop thinking because the statement by the FDC or the CDC or any other three-letter digit in front of its uh, proposition, they don't just you know listen to it and just kind of uh, as, uh, as an empty-headed robot, 
uh, obey it. They are thinking. They are also refusing it because they are free. Imagine that as a free citizen, someone comes and tells you, you need to take this vaccine because it will do you well. It will help you protect you against the virus. That may be true. That may be altogether true. But you know what I'm free to do? I'm free to refuse it. And I'm free to examine it. And I'm free to determine whether or not what they're telling me is actually factually true or not. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if I don't have the freedom of conscience to say no to a vaccine, and then I'm punished with all sorts of limitations and, 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 and reprisals by our government, we are not operating out of a constitutional government anymore, not the Constitution of the United States. And so, look, for me, here's my strategy. I am not anti-vaccine. I told you this before. But because I understand what's happening with the experiment of this, uh, uh, this, this messenger RNA vac uh, vaccine, I'm going to wait a couple of years. I'm going to wait a couple of years, and I trust that the uh, Freedom of Information Act is still vital, and the media has not wholesale become a lopsided propaganda piece and will allow the facts about the long-term implications of the evidence around this vaccine experiment to be clearly made public. And then at that time, if it has proven explicitly and over the long term to have outstanding benefits beyond my own immune system, then yeah, I might take it. But beyond that, logic tells me I need to wait and see, as apparently one-third of our military is doing and so many other people uh, in America as well. I love it. I love it. I love it for one reason. It is an expression of freedom, which is our right. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistad, going to pay some bills, uh, do some news and traffic, and then we'll come back on the other side of the break. The number is one 367 5329 I'll be right back. We're back. The time is 522 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. As I stated in my opening monologue, so glad to be alive, so glad to be with you as well, so glad to be free. Uh, every day, and particularly since the, uh, well, since the beginning of this whole COVID period, I have really been pressing deeply into two fundamental categories theologically. One is faith. So if you're listening to any of our sermons, I'm really uh, pressing home the concept of faith, the expression of faith on the part of the people of God. We're dealing with a theory called taking root downward and bearing fruit upwards. It's actually a promise from God, but it's also a um, an expression of how the believer gets rooted and grounded in Christ in preparation for the storms that occur in our life so that in the midst of those storms, we can be fruitful and productive and productive in spite of the storms in our life. That's what God has called us to. He has not called us to uh, wither away. He has not called us to cower in fear. He has not called us to disappear in silence. He's called us to stand in Christ, to be rooted and grounded, and to be robust in the expression of our faith with both discretion wisdom and humility, but certainly with confidence as we move forward uh, as a witness to the glory of God in our world. And so uh, that's something that my heart is just constantly nurturing. And I'm I'm preaching and teaching Grace Bible Church, uh, where I pastor, many of you guys know that, around the concept of, of a biblical God-centered, Christ-exalting uh, faith 
that is able to actually stand against the, the wiles of the adversary, certainly in the times in which we are living. And, uh, and I'm also preparing, really, uh, for, for the next uh, storm that's coming. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I feel uh, compelled to make sure that we understand uh, how to endure uh, the the next wave of encroachment upon our rights because they are all clearly formulated in many of the policies in, in Washington which have been passed down to the burden and chagrin of many of our parents and teachers in the educational system and they are uh, clearly uh, not as, as heavily as they are in the uh, elite realm of education but clearly expressed in the lives of friends and loved ones that we know uh, the gradual incremental, if you will, imposition upon a biblical worldview to uh, basically position us to be censored, silenced, and stopped from expressing faith in Jesus Christ at a substantially costly level, as is the case for our brother Coates in uh, Canada right now, one of the pastors who comes out of uh, the Master's Seminary down there with John MacArthur. He is in jail right now for merely keeping the doors of his church open during this pandemic time, not provoking anyone, just doing what he believes his constitutional rights are, and more importantly, his biblical rights. And guess what? He's in jail for it, as we know is the case for many brothers and sisters around the world just because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I was talking with, talking with one of my young men here shortly who is uh, gifted in preaching and teaching and, and, and trying to help him understand how to prepare for what's coming in the weeks and months uh, in front of us, because we are by no means out of the storm. We are by no means out of this bizarre matrix that all of you know has actually turned our worlds upside down and put us in positions now that is going to question us at the very core of our identity in Christ. You know this is the case, but how are you preparing for it? Our Lord Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, a wise man builds his house upon a rock. And that rock is the word of the living God that points us to the word of the living God. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, who becomes for the believer the foundation upon which we can stand. Upon this rock will I build my church, the testimony of the God man, the son of the living God, Jesus Christ the righteous is the foundation upon which the church has endured the assaults of hell and the resistance of the gates of hell for almost 2,000 years now. And that's going to be the MO, uh, modus operandi, for the people of God forthcoming. In other words, we're going to have to continue being what God has called us to be, continue doing what God has called us to do, albeit it might require different measures and different methods uh, slightly than what we have been used to. Nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, may I encourage you to understand how dangerous it is for you to not be uh, cultivating and developing and strengthening your faith in Christ 
so as to deal with the present storm, because the next wave, I really do believe, is going to be much more formidable than the one that we've experienced in this combination between the whole social justice movement in the area of politics, uh, uh, you know, creating the mayhem that it has here in America and around the world uh, with Antifa and Black Lives Matter as well as with this whole COVID agenda, which when you do your research, both of them were very much part of the pandemic that we are dealing with. And, and, and again, the next wave is coming. So how will you fare if you don't build your house upon the rock and understand that Jesus said the storms are coming, that not if, but when? How will you fare when that occurs? Because after the storm pass, passes, all we'll be able to do, you and I, is look back to see whether or not we're still standing in the grace of God, still walking by faith, still looking to Christ, still telling men and women the answer and solution to the world's problem is not artificial intelligence, not the Equality Act, but rather the person and work of Jesus Christ as the hope for now as well as for eternity, if the church does not sustain that message, if the church allows its DNA to be modified by any pseudo messenger RNA, if you will, uh, uh, protein uh, to to modify its immune system spiritually, if it if it allows some type of a free radical, some type of uh, uh, false narrative to change its methodology and change its message then it will have succumbed very much to exactly what the world wants to do. This is what China did. China basically told the church, you can do Christianity, but here's what you got to do. You can't say Jesus is God or even the son of God. And he has to be a sinner. And by the way, we're going to take out three, 400 uh, passages out of your Bible and we're going to stick people in your churches to listen to see whether or not you preach a traditional Orthodox Christian message about sin and redemption and righteousness and, and obedience and faith and glory and a king and a sovereign rule in your life uh, and governing your affairs uh, above and beyond that of the state. Uh, if you should preach the historic faith once for all delivered unto the saints, you will go to jail, you will suffer demise at the hands of the CCP, the Communist Chinese Communist Party, there, and apparently our own country is uh, following in those footsteps, as you and I know very, very well. So the people of God are going to have to really take a hard look at their, uh, their lives, their calling, their purpose, and then really position yourselves for the next wave. That's really the case. Our lines are full. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, we'll clear the lines out on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Looking forward to a, a robust and healthy and wise conversation with all of you out there on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. The time is 5.36 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number four and talk with Sean. Sean, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. I'm here. How are you doing? I'm good, man. You sound like you're in the middle of a storm. Okay, one second. Let me cut off my Bluetooth and uh, put you on the regular phone. Sorry, one second. That sounds better. Are you on the road? Is that better? A little bit better. Are you on the road? Uh, I am on the road. Can okay, you hear me now, now that's better right there. That's much better. What's okay. going on? What's your thoughts, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just 
walking in the Lord, thankful for his mercy and thankful for his grace every day. Where are you at right now? Um, I'm driving home from work, actually just pulling up, just about the park. So I got about five minutes to talk. And so did you enjoy, um, did you enjoy a, 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 a very glorious sunny day today, as did I here down in the Bay Area? Where are you at right now up there? Where are you at, Redland? Redlands, Rialto area. Yeah, yeah. Southern How's California. the weather? It's really good. By uh, like, it's weird. It'll be super cold one day, and then it's really hot and sunny the next day. So today happened to be one of those days that was just clear blue skies, and and it was nice. It was a good day. It was a good day. It sounds like California. I've been up in that area. It's beautiful. Um, do you guys got any snow going on? Uh, no, no, no snow out here. We had a little bit of rain last week, but but very minor amount. Right. Got it. So what's on your mind, man? So um, just listening to, to the topic uh, as far as uh, liberty and freedom and, um, and faith and how that those two things correlate with each other, just had a few scriptures on my mind, just chewing on them while you got, while you were, uh, talking. Um, sure, sure. The, the the world the world does not understand God's word. It can't. The, the the carnal mind can't discern God's word. So, a lot of times Jesus will say things where he says the narrow way leads to life. Right. And the world will see that narrow as though that means bondage. Sure. But really, in reality, the narrow road is liberty is life is is uh truth and it was i was also thinking about a very often quoted verse in the church is in joshua chapter one where uh you don't look to the left or to the right you know but you you stay focused on god's word you meditate on his word not looking to either either way and so it's a really the, the 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 liberty that we have in christ by faith is directly related to our looking to him and the more yes. precise and focused and zoomed in we are on him the freer we are to walk in liberty and and it's like the the how you were, you quoted the the parable that the lord gave about building your house on the sand and not on the uh, building a house on the sand and not on the rock the on the rock, or, the okay, rock. yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Go down. The, the, the wise man built on the rock, and it was hearing and doing God's word. That's right. And and when you when you couple that with the book of James, where it talks about being blessed and not hearing only, but in the doing. Yep. That doing comes as a result of looking at the perfect law of liberty. Yes. And 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 that's by faith. Believers gazing upon the wonder and beauty of Jesus Christ continually, and yeah. and and and, and I, I'm getting a little older now. I'm not. I mean, compared to I'm not 20, but I just turned 37 recently, and I'm like, man, like my my thinking now is so different than when I was 20. But right. but but I so I I, I it, but it's been changed and freed by God's word. And and I heard a wise preacher say, um, Brother Paul Washer, he said this very many years ago. He said, the freest man 
on earth is the slave to a perfect master. And so Absolutely. You have you have to serve somebody. You're going to be a slave to somebody. Why not be a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ? And for he's the one who set the captives free. And mm-hmm. and so that, that, and and so loving liberty is being principled in truth and the mm-hmm. truth is Christ. You know, mm-hmm. and and whenever you see patriots who have died for our constitutional rights as Americans, there's always reflections and elements of the truth of the scriptures, of the truth of God in the liberty that we have died for, you know? Amen. And, and, Amen. and it all truth goes back to Christ. And so, yes, so that's why we, we should love liberty, because Jesus gives us liberty, you know, to, to, to walk in him and love him and and live our lives for him. And nobody can take that from you. I agree with you fully. And, and, and your sentiments could be fleshed out too, Sean, if we really wanted to spend some time in making application across the board of all disciplines and all science and every form of epistemology in our world, everywhere men would essay to know something, whether they are essaying to know something about uh, the universe or know something about our world or know something about humanity. These are really the kind of three tiers that we're dealing with uh, the universe because uh, people who, who um, are fearful about the plight of our our, um, our, our world uh, would love to escape it like Elon Musk. Uh, Others want to dominate and control the world because they don't have that innate confidence that there's really a a God that's in control. So they want to usurp his authority and dominate the world. But what that means is that they absolutely uh, in a in a grotesque and uh, uh, encroaching way dominate uh, the masses of the world and bring them into tyrannical bondage to their narrow minded a uh, uh, constricted view of what they think is right, and this is what we're struggling with. And you have uh, clearly articulated the paradox of Scripture, and it goes like mm-hmm. this, that the freedom that a man will find is by him being completely committed to, tenaciously tied to the one true and living God who liberates us through truth. So the psalmist put it this way, I walk at liberty because I seek thy precepts. And as you had stated, the narrow way, which is really a person, and that person is Jesus, requires the stricture, the stricture, the strict, the strictness of abandoning everything for the exclusivity of who he is and what he's done for us that defines our faith. As he's saying, the the way is so narrow, as our old uh, uh, Puritan brethren would put it, or at least our old Sovereign Grace brethren would put it, the way to life is so narrow that when you get to the gate, you can't bring anything with you when you get in, and it's so straight that you can't pick up anything on the way. The only way in is absolute and total commitment to the person and work of Christ. That's called saving faith. And the only way to glory Amen. is the same way you got in, by faith in Christ alone, apart from works, liberates our soul. Wheresoever the Spirit of God is, there is absolute liberty. And then liberty also, as a final thought, liberty also is a reward 
for being found absolutely and totally and completely righteous before God in Christ and therefore having absolutely no parameters or boundaries uh, or avenues of concern relative to condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. So we are liberated as you said, because we operate out of the perfect law of liberty, which is itself the gospel. And it's Amen. a beautiful thing, and it's a it's a battle to keep doing. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, Thank say you, hello God. to the family. I'm sorry. I'll give you one more word before we go. What are you going to say? Oh, no. I was, just, I was just saying amen. Thank you. Uh, praise the Lord for that. Amen. God bless you. Thanks. We're going to take another break, then we'll come back and continue clearing out the phone lines. I actually appreciated that opportunity to get on uh, the soapbox and talk about the most glorious person in the world, and that is the manifestation of the invisible God in the person of Jesus Christ, who is better than 10,000. He is absolutely uh, lovely, glorious, and, uh, and wonderful to contemplate, and certainly wonderful to look upon. I hope that's true for you as it is for me and Sean. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. One line open, one 367 one All right, posit your questions and your concerns, and let's unpack them while we have the freedom to do so. I'll be right back. And we are back. The time is 5.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, that particular uh, uh what we might what we might call it advertisement is correct. Um, uh, the interest rates have been artificially uh, kept low by uh, the feds because they know that we are in trouble economically and uh, one day the bubble is going to bust and we will be once again looking at major levels of inflation and many of the economists say that will occur in the next several months. At that point, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a measure of absolute reality that will set in relative to what we have been talking about over the weeks and months about the reset uh, and digital uh, tracking and digital income and all of that stuff that's in place now. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with him. If you could actually get a hold of gold, literally gold bunions, not gold notes, not pieces of paper, not promissory notes, that's another scam, but actual gold and maybe actual silver as well, uh, and, and sure up yourself some uh, reserve income for three to six months uh, in the sure event of the next uh, the next economic crisis, which is right around the corner. It might help you fare uh, when we move into the transition of uh, the new economic model, which will be a digital uh, income model, uh, which is another uh, draconian uh, measure of taking control of our citizenry. Sad to say, that's what we're moving to. And I'll tell you, I don't want to go into a diatribe right now because all the lines are full, but don't stick your head in the sand. There are some really difficult times coming ahead and we really do want to know how to handle it. And we don't want to handle it like we used to handle it in times past with weird and bizarre and unbiblical methods of addressing reality. We want to be solid in what we understand scripturally and be clear on how to handle those things. Look, let me go to line number uh, three and talk with Marlis in Castro Valley. Line number three, Marlis, are you there? Yes, hi, how are you? I'm good. How can I help you? 
Well, uh, I want to, I just want to, I know this is not prayer meeting, but a couple of weeks ago somebody called in and asked for prayer, and I think I need prayer because um, I need, I feel like I've messed up my life, and the Bible says confess your faults one to another, but I need wisdom in how much to confess and to whom. And I feel like I have complexities going on, but I do know that I have been, uh, I see myself as a liar and a thief on multiple levels, and I feel like I'm being hypocritical. And I feel like I've been, I just kind of see things about my life that I'm, I just haven't, I've just been messing things up, and I need, I would like to ask the, the community to pray for me, because i got some stuff I have to straighten out. So, um, I, 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 I talked to my therapist today, and I started to look at the, some things started to dawn on me about the extent of my sins, particularly in the area of financial hand, financial dealings but I'll just put it that way and I I, I don't sure, know sure. I don't want to be I don't want to be what's the word I feel like I've been sneaky and deceptive and again I don't want to be I, I I feel in a quandary because I don't want to be overly confessing in the wrong way but I don't want to be lying even in my confessing that I've been deceptive and sneaky. So I, I just think it's it's it's. I will say this much: the moral weight of I feel like what I have done is starting to get is starting to bother me. And uh, I've been processing this for like over a month, but actually I've been processing it for over a year and a half because another issue came up about a year or so. So. I'm I'm just asking for prayer, and then I'm asking for wisdom. Also, I feel that I've been kind of like a, a little big sister to some some Christian people, and I'm wondering if I should quit all that because of these sins. And so I I would need wisdom even in how to talk to. I need wisdom to know if I need to do that in the first place, and then I need wisdom. And uh, what I say to them, you know, that that scripture, confess your faults to another. How deep do you go? You know, I I just don't know. And I know that people think I'm really smart and intelligent, and and in some ways I am. But in other ways, I'm very, I feel very lost. Right. So those are really good observations. I'll give you a couple, two or three responses I think will be helpful. First of all, whenever our lives are made complex, whenever our lives are made complex, whenever you let your life get complex, you are right. You're going to end up sinning. You're going to end up uh, making choices that are not good because complexity, uh, uh, levels of complexity that are not structured and ordered 
are designed to create contradictions. And those contradictions set you up for pitting values against each other. The values may be good in themselves and independently they may be necessary, but you end up pitting one value over against the other value because when the life is complicated, that's what happens. That's where the beauty of simplicity comes in. And simplicity doesn't mean that we don't have structure, that we don't have depth, that we don't have order and diversity. Simplicity means we do have uh, we have a, a, a very coherent approach to handling our life in a way where we reduce the levels of uh, contradiction that lead to sinning. And that that you know that that makes sense because you're old enough to know that. The other thing that you're doing, uh, which is good, though, is you are confessing. And and so far as this forum is concerned, you have confessed adequately enough for people who would care about you to respond to your needs by praying for you. You do not tell people who cannot help you everything about your life. That's not what confession is about. All confession should be done in the context of discretion and relative to how much people can help you. And so uh, you're doing that. With regards to being a mentor or helpful to other people, even though you know right now you feel under the burden of failure, no, we don't stop helping people that uh, benefit from our maturity just because we are in a season of of uh, foolishness, unless, of course, we are hurting them by it as well. Uh, uh, friendship uh, is designed to help people. Love is designed to support people. And love works no ill to its neighbor. So if you are doing good to them in spite of your having not done good to yourself, uh, maybe they will benefit from your humility, particularly should you get up out of this situation. So where you are now, I would simply say that you would do what James chapter one says, four, five, and six. Uh, ask God for wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give it to you and he will do it in a way that you will get it. And that will mean pray. That will mean ask other people to pray for you. And that will mean uh, submitting to good advice, because I think that where a lot of people mess up is that if they ask for advice and then they don't do what they're uh, recommended to do, then what was the, what was even the reason for asking for help if you're not going to do what people tell you? That's the one thing that's amazing to me about counsel. You give somebody some advice and biblical counsel and a framework to do something, and then they go on off and not do it. What was the whole point of counsel if we're not going to heed the counsel? And so I would encourage you to keep pressing in the direction you're going and really humbly ask God to unravel that knot because you do have a knot going on. And we all get into these knotty situations that we can't extricate ourselves. And God is calling you to the kind of humility that requires you to uh, beg uh, him in the uh, childlike system of faith to, uh, to to help unravel the knots in your life. And you're, you're starting that by being willing to open up and confess that you have behaved in ways that you should not have. A lot of people don't do that. I'm going to commend you for that because God gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. And so continue down that course and uh, and wait for God to deliver you 
because he can't lie, he can't change, he won't fail. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will not ultimately be ashamed. Thank you for your call. I've got to take a hard break. When we come back on the other side, we'll deal with the calls on our line. Glad you're joining us with one line open, one 367 5329 one 367 5329 We'll be right back. 